the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We often think that prayer is, number one, just an obligation by God, right? We feel that God will respond to our cries because it's His obligation to help us. Hey God, I thought we have a relationship here. When I cry for help, I expect you to respond the way I want you to respond. Uh, we don't pray because we feel that if we, you know, we pray because we, we, we feel that if we don't pray, uh, God will not respond to our situation. But like I've mentioned before, God has no problem responding to each and every one of us when we have a need. I, again, let me repeat, I, 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 there have been many times in my life when I didn't even pray for something and I, and I, I, got, I got it. So there's got to be something more to the purpose of praying than just obligating God uh, to come through for us or answer our prayer. Oftentimes, secondly, we think that prayer is nothing more than to bring protection to our lives. We feel that prayer is nothing more than, than asking God to, to, to discourage the devil from attacking us or, or, or prevent us from going through trials at, and uncertainties in life. But loved ones, prayer is not about God's obligation to us. It's not about God protecting us. It's not about obligation or protection. It's about revelation. When we pray, God wants to reveal himself to us in an accurate way and in ways that we have never seen before. And that's very important when it comes to pursuing the God we know. Every time you pray, every time I pray, our mindset and our heart set must be focused on the fact that God wants to reveal something of himself to us. Not just to, not just to fulfill an obligation to us. Not just to protect us. This pandemic right here, how we pray to God about our lives, has, should have more to do with asking God, God, show me, reveal yourself to me in this situation. That's when our prayer becomes powerful. That's when the power of prayer really begins to take root because we understand the purpose of prayer. God wants to reveal himself to us. We obviously already know the situation that we're in when we pray, amen? <laughs> okay, I've never prayed. If you know, I mean, this is a confession. Sometimes the majority of my prayers, I pray because I can see exactly what's going on, you know, so I can you know, articulate to God what it is that I want him to do. But prayer goes deeper than that when we pray God wants to reveal himself in that situation, in that cancer diagnosis, in that pandemic, in that car accident, uh, 
in this uh, loss of a job, in this broken relationship. He's trying to reveal himself in more profound ways than we expect because prayer is an invitation from God to know him accurately. Now, here's a verse on prayer that we all have memorized, that we all know already, okay? But sometimes we miss the point, okay? Everyone is familiar with the passage in Scripture in Jeremiah 29.13. I know some of you, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. But this is a very, very familiar passage, a verse in the Bible. It says this, Seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. You've heard that verse before. That verse is about pursuing the God that we know. That's the purpose of prayer. Pursue first the kingdom of God, Jesus taught us. Okay, His disciples was, were worried about what's going on. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be given unto you. So, so in, in essence, prayer is about, the purpose of prayer is about pursuing God. So that God can reveal himself to us in an accurate way. So we never have to worry whether our prayers are wrong or right. And again, Jesus would always command his disciples, when you pray, go to your room, lock the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret and who knows everything that is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. What do you think that reward is? That reward is a revelation of himself to us. How many of you know you'd rather know more about God and what God wants to do in your life and in my life than anything else. That's the main pursuit of life, isn't it? The moment you were born again, the moment you put your faith in Jesus, the rest of our lives must be given to the pursuit of what God wants us to do. We're all headed to heaven. But the road to heaven sometimes can be a zigzaggy road, you know? <laughs> and if you don't know that yet, just wait. You know, I've often been asked by people, well, what was your spiritual journey look like? Because a lot of people want to hear, oh, my spiritual journey has always been a straight line. Not mine. I'm being honest with you. My spiritual journey has always been like a zigzaggy road, you know. And it's truer to, on most people than when, than when that what we want to be willing to admit. There's a second insight on what it means to pursue God according to this parable. And that is, to pursue God, we must learn to practice His presence. To practice his presence. Not just the purpose of prayer, but we need to learn how to practice the presence of God. Look at verse 9. It says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Now, there are three things in here, right? Asking, Seeking, knocking. They all mean the same thing. Asking, seeking, knocking together simply means pursuing. Okay? We, 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 when we say, when we ask God, we're pursuing God. When we're seeking God, we're pursuing God. When we're knocking on the door of God's heaven, we are pursuing God. So asking, seeking, and knocking mean the same thing. It means to pursue 
God. I've seen myself and other people misuse this verse so much, and sometimes I cringe. People tell me all the time, hey, when you're praying to God, just persist. Just keep on repeating yourself. Just persist on the same prayer, and eventually you will wear God out, <laughs> and He will answer. I mean, how many of us have been there, yeah, right, in our prayer? I have been there many times. You know, every time I pray, I was told, just persist in prayer. Just keep asking Him the same thing. Just, just, just keep seeking Him, and knocking, and all of that, and, and this will happen to you. God, you, you wear Him out, and, and that's what the parable teaches. It's good to persist in prayer, amen. It's good to keep asking God, amen. But it has nothing to do with this parable. Seeking, asking, and knocking has nothing to do with persistence. It has to do with pursuing. That's exactly what this parable wants us to know. That God, when we ask Him, wants to reveal something to us. When we seek Him, He wants to reveal something to us. When we knock at His door, He wants to reveal something to us. This is about pursuing God. What is it that we are pursuing when we ask? When we ask God, we're really asking the question, God, what are you really like? I want to know your personality. When you ask God, God expects that you're asking Him, that I'm asking Him what He is really like. What's your personality, God? And God is pleased every time we, we, we take time to discover what He is really like. The Bible speaks a lot about the nature of God and what God is really like. The Bible calls God a mother. The Bible calls God our Father. The Bible calls God a brother, a merciful, gracious, kind, humble, long-suffering, gentle judge. That's what the Bible teaches. He's an avenger, an equalizer, a terminator, a punisher, and he destroyed Hellboy on the cross. Funnier than you think. So when we ask, we're asking God, God, what are you really like? We, I want to know your personality. What about seeking? When we seek God, we're really asking God, God, what do you really like? It's about His pleasure. So when we ask, it's about His personality. When we seek, it's about His pleasure. What do you really like? I already asked you what you are like. Now I want to know what makes you happy. What makes you joyful? What makes you sorrowful? What makes you angry? When we pray to God, when we pursue God, we're asking and seeking for these things. That's the priority of pursuing God. Not just His personality, but His pleasures. How many of you have prayed to God and asked God, God, what, what makes you happy? We don't even bother to ask that sometimes in our prayer. And I'm guilty of that just as much as anybody else. But it'll revolutionize the way we pursue God when we begin to ask Him this question. God, what are you really like? And then begin to seek the things that God really likes. Okay? That's, that, that makes up for powerful pursuit of God. Okay? Now, there's a, if we're asking God what makes him happy, I want you to jot down a verse that you probably have never read in the Bible. It's found in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Zephaniah, yeah, it's in the Bible. Zephaniah is in the Bible. 
I want you to look at chapter 3, verse 17, okay? And I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to pay attention, very careful attention, because you probably haven't heard this verse, or some of you have, but you've just glossed over it, okay? Here's what it says, Zephaniah 3, 17, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. How many verses in the Bible do you know that speaks of God singing because he's happy? There it is right there. You want to make God sing for joy? Pursue him. Ask him, God, what are you like? God, what do you really like? And the the Bible says God responds with a joy. And he sings. How many of you would like to hear God sing? It's an amazing verse. But you have to know first that Zephaniah is in the Bible. And thirdly, okay, when we knock, we really want to understand what God's purpose is. When we knock... What are we knocking about? We're knocking about discovering the purposes of God. The purposes that he has for his name, how to glorify his name, and the purposes he has for each and every one of us. Okay? We're asking God, God, how can I serve you? How can I serve your purpose? How can I lift my heart in worship? How would you like me to sing for you? How would you like me to worship you? How would you like me to, to, to conduct this area of my life, this issue? How, do you, how would you, what's your purpose? Tell me, I want to serve you. That's the kind of thing that proves to God we're pursuing Him. And you know what? That's what it means to practice the presence of God, knowing His personality, knowing what pleases Him, and knowing His purpose for our lives. You know, uh, and ultimately, God's purpose is to conform us to the image of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe many people don't understand that I cannot be like Jesus. Of course, you cannot be like Jesus on your own. Of course, God has to do it. God has to line you up with Jesus. If Jesus is standing here, all of us stand behind Jesus and we have to line up like these chairs are lined up six feet apart. In a straight line. I mean, that's what God wants to do. He wants us to be a reflection of who Jesus is. That's ultimately what God wants to do. You know, the actor uh, Kirk Douglas passed away a few months ago. And very few uh, in the show, biz- in show business uh, has achieved uh, the, the same success between father and son. Okay? Uh, Kirk Douglas was a famous movie star and so is his son, Michael Douglas. I mean, they, they, they not only look the same, okay, and they have the same acting chops, so to speak. And that's the greatest compliment that, that the younger Douglas can pay to the older Douglas, that he becomes a, a, an extension, a reflection of the greatness of his own father. And that's what, you know, essentially that, what, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be a reflection. You want to please God? Let us be a reflection of the image of God that is in Christ. The greatest honor we can give God is to pursue God by reflecting His personality, His pleasure, and His purpose. And finally, pursuing God means, thirdly, we rely on the power of His perpetual providence. Perpetual 
providence. Look at verse 11. Which of you fathers, now I want you to pay attention to this last verse. It's kind of an amazing, there's a twist in the end here. Which of you fathers, if, you, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is, you got to be out of your mind if your child is asking you for a fish and to give him a snake. Of course not. That's the answer. Or if he asks you for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Now, now Jesus says, if you then, though you are evil, okay, <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? Now, that's the twist right there. You know, Jesus says, you know, when we pursue God, it's always about God asking God to give us something we want and need, right? In the form of a, a bread or a fish, some provision, right? He, he, you know, when we pray, don't we, for the most part, ask God for provisions, right? I mean, I want bread, I want fish. And, and Jesus is saying, there's no problem with your father giving you good things. You yourself, you're not perfect. You, you, you're not a good person. Even the worst person, even the worst father will not be so evil as to give the son uh, something that they're not, you know, something that they're not asking for. And then he said, who, you know, if, if, you're, if you being evil, you know how to give good gifts. Listen, your heavenly father will give you much more, much more than what you ask. And what you're asking for, he has no problem giving you, but he'll ultimately respond to you by giving you his Holy Spirit. And that's a big deal. Please take note that God gives us when we ask, seek, and knock. He doesn't give us all the details of the things that we want because he knows it already. What he does give us is his divine providence brought about by the Holy Spirit. God doesn't always give us what we want and what we need or what we ask, seek, or knock about. He gives us much, much more. He gives us His Spirit. And what's the significance of the Holy Spirit being given to us? The significance is this. The significance of the Holy Spirit is this, is that we are guaranteed God's divine providence. And what is that divine providence? The fact that the world is spinning without us even knowing it, that's providence. The fact that we are breathing in and out is God's providence. The fact that we didn't, you know, that we were, were, were however old we are, I'll be celebrating my birthday this, this coming Sunday. The fact that, you know, we've lived this long that's because of God's divine providence. The fact that we can sing to Him, that's God's divine providence. It's greater than any miracle that you can ever receive. And I'm not against miracle. miracle miracles are great. But God's divine providence assures us that He is present. I don't have to worry whether I wake up tomorrow or not because I am under God's divine providence. I'm in His providential care. I'm not afraid. That whatever's going to happen to me, you know, oh, this may not be God's will. It's always God's will because He's given us His Holy Spirit. We cannot go wrong in this life because we have the Spirit of God. And pursuing God means believing. 
that the power of his perpetual providence is present through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the, the guarantee. Did you know that? The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our adoption. If you're guaranteed that you are going to be adopted by God, you're adopted now, but the completion of our adoption in heaven will be complete because we have been aligned with Jesus. That should give us great hope, right? You know, how many of you, you know, you're sweating this pandemic. What's going to happen to me now? Trust me, nothing's going to happen to us without the knowledge of God because His divine providence is present. He promised to give us the Holy Spirit. It's much, much more than the next loaf of bread that we're asking for. Amen? This is God's divine providence, His very real presence. We need to rely on this providence every single day. The Christian life can only be lived one day at a time. One day at a time. That's really true. We're not to worry about tomorrow. And Jesus said that. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today you have enough problems. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow will be there. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But seek first the presence of God. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. Rely on God's control. Just for today. We don't have to live our lives worrying about what will happen tomorrow. Worrying about whether this pandemic is going to be uh, over or not because God's providence works that way. He'll be there for us later on today. He'll be there for us tomorrow when we wake up. And when we don't wake up tomorrow morning, we will be in His presence, which Paul says is much better off <laughs> than being stuck in a place where we know that it's going to fade away and it's going to perish. Today is the past that we will be thankful for God tomorrow. That's how we need to look at it. Think about it for a second. Today is already the past that we will thank God for tomorrow. So when tomorrow comes, we already thank God that He was there yesterday <laughs> because we are here today. I mean, it's an amazing thing if you think about it because that's God's divine providence, okay? All of these things will pass. This pandemic is not bigger than our God. This virus is not bigger than God. God's divine providence has been with us. His spirit is within us. If we live or die, it doesn't matter. God's spirit guarantees that we will be adopted as his sons and daughters. In my own life, I can tell you, the only way I can testify that the hand of God was in my life it's when I see clearly what He has done in the past. You know, as I reflect on, uh, on, on the years that God has allowed me to live, as, as, as I saw all the things that have happened in my life, it's really true. I can testify to you that God makes all things work <laughs> for the good of those who love Him. That's divine providence. Okay, I, you know, He bailed me out on a lot of issues. He led me through the valleys many, many times. You know, I've, he never pulled me out. You know, I, it's funny when, I, when you're going through a lot of trials, you can look for a sermon, okay, that, that kind of encourage you to be lifted up. And let me tell you something, I've heard thousands and thousands of sermons. Every time I'm in trouble, I always get that sermon about Noah. Noah, you know. And, and, and the preacher inevitably will say, look at Noah. 
The flood came. Did God take him away from the flood? No, he just put him on a boat. Some encouragement. I want to be out of the flood. But no, God didn't even take Noah. You know, Noah preached for over a hundred years for the people to repent. He preached for a hundred years and all he ever taken with him in the ark was himself, his wife, and his kids. He was faithful. Did God bail him out of the flood? No. In fact, he had to wait inside the ark with those so many animals in there. That's God's providence. I thank God for the interventions that he gave in, in, in my life. And I'm sure you're thankful. But I also am thankful to God for all the discipline, all the testing, all the refining that God does to his children. You know, problems, they are a funny thing because God accomplishes two things. He pushes us to rely on him and he teaches us to look at this world as our temporary place, to rely on him while we are here on earth. And that's Providence. You and I are here today because of God's divine providence in our life. That's why I thank Him daily. You and I wouldn't be here today if He didn't allow us to be. He intervenes according to His pleasure, according to His purpose, and according to His personality. And I think we can take great courage on that. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.